going to be talking a little bit about Starship SN20. We're going to be talking about the next ship possibly coming in. We're also going to be talking about some... Hello, everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Artemis stuff, some SLS stuff. Uh, so I guess we should get right into it. TGIF, JR, thank you. April 1st. No fooling today. This is serious space business. That's my serious face. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a very serious person. But the um, Booster 4, Ship 20. Yeah, Ship 20, not going to make it. It's done. It's done. We have to figure out what they're going to do with it, though. Um, what's up, Passing Wind? 5XL, how you doing? From Illinois, JR, Mr. Nadra. How you doing? Um, I like the background. Thanks, Passing Wind. I appreciate that. Yeah, working hard on making making some changes here. And I, I have a green screen. I don't know if you see this, but my arm is chopped off. <laughs> and on this side too. So I got I'm figuring that stuff out too. So uh trying to upgrade the systems, trying to do all this stuff. And when we do these shows, it's more casual. It's more of a podcast setting. I uh, don't get like hard hitting, straight to the core news here. Uh, but like to mess around, have some fun. I mean, space and science, pretty serious, pretty important stuff. But let's just talk like friends and hang out. <laughs> Passing with, yeah, I know, right? I wish this were like my real studio. I wish this were like actually behind me, but it's a green screen. <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna be talking a little bit about Ship Twenty, um, the amalgamation ship which is the uh, the Franken ship. We're going to be talking about uh, Booster 7, which is at uh, Starbase's launch site right now. And I'm going to be heading down there later tonight to get more footage of it, or to get some footage of it, actually. I have some from when it was in the high bay, but I haven't been down there in a day. Uh, so I missed it yesterday. I had some stuff to do uh, last night when I was going to go down to Starbase. But um, yeah, so I didn't get a chance to go down last night. But today... I'll make a trip down, get some footage of Ship 20 for you guys, post it up on the YouTube channel. So if you're not a subscriber so far, make sure to subscribe and you'll get some raw footage of uh, Ship 20, uh, Booster 7, Booster 4. We're gonna, I'm going to look at the high bay today too at some point. So uh, just stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the channel because that stuff's important. Um, so let's just talk a little bit. Let's just talk a little bit about Ship 20. This is a little bit older footage. So Ship 20, um, Booster 4, Booster 4, Ship 20 decommissioned. But we have to figure out what they're going to be doing with them. So uh, in a few tweets, uh, Elon said that they may, you know, a, a while ago, actually, Elon said, hey, let's uh, let's launch Ship 20 in Booster 4. And then just recently said, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to use another ship. We're going to use another booster. We're not exactly sure if it's going to be, um, you know, uh, what what ship it's going to be, right? We have 24, we have ship 24, and we have booster 7. So it would be 24-7, which would be pretty awesome, considering 420 was pretty cool. But if 24-7 becomes the, sh the uh, ship and booster combo... That'd be just as cool. And I was surprised. So check this out too. I was very surprised by when they moved booster seven out of the, uh, of the bay. It doesn't have grid fins on it. And I thought they would possibly install the grid fins before they moved it out of the bay, before they moved it down to, uh, 
the launch site, but they didn't. And I don't know if that means there's going to be no grid fins on it or if they just haven't put the grid fins on it yet. But it looks like there's areas for the grid fins. Uh, so I'm assuming they're going to put grid fins on it, but you never know. It's, you know, they could be doing the whole, uh, you know, Hey, let's save some, save some money, save some time. Don't put the grid fins on because we're just going to launch this thing into the Gulf. There's a possibility of that. Uh, I think it's a slight possibility, but I also think there is a possibility that that, uh, may happen. So, uh, ship 20 booster four, let's talk about that for a second, they may be going to this rocket garden right here that you're seeing right next to me. This is where ship 15, 16, booster 5, and the kind of ship 22, 21 mix, uh, which is down there right now, uh, those are all in the rocket garden right now. And ship 20 and booster 4 may be joining them there. And we kind of touched on this on the last episode of the show, um, but there's a possibility that that's where they'll end up. They may also end up at South Padre Island, because Elon said that would be cool, or Brownsville Airport. So let me know, chat. Hey, let, chat, let me know where you think they're going to end up. Because I want to know where you guys think, what you guys think of this. Because um, Ship 20, Booster 4, legends. Legends of the game here. And uh, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Ship 20 is going to end up on top of Booster 4 someplace. But I don't know how they would do it. And it would be absolutely massive wherever they do it. You know, could they do it at the Rocket Garden? Mm, probably. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just a, a huge lightning rod to take care of. You know, like, that's just, that's just, I think that'd be too much. But it would be really neat if they had a full stack Ship 20 Booster 4. Or a really cool idea, even though South Padre Island uh, JR Moore says end up on eBay. Um, so they could lay it down flat, right? They could lay it down flat somewhere. And how cool would it be? And I've been to Brownsville Airport a few times. How could it, how cool would it be if you got off your plane and then the first thing you see is a gigantic rocket as you're le leaving the terminal, as you're leaving the area out to get your rental car or whatever, or get picked up or whatever, or your Uber. And the first thing you see is this gigantic, gigantic rocket laying down and you get to walk right next to it. I mean, right now they have a fin of uh, a flap of which one was it? 11 ship 11. So I don't know if it's going to be completely scrapped, but Elon has said that he wants to make it a publicly accessible, uh, you know, uh, rocket, I guess, for the for the for the public to hang out. So. Yeah, so let me see what chat has to say about this. Um, they're going to take uh, BN4 fins. That's what I think. I think they're going to do that too. So they have to get those fins off there. So take that back to the high bay. Right, so booster four here. Take that back to the high bay. Take the fins off, the grid fins. They can reuse them. I mean, they haven't used them yet. So take those off, put them on the next booster, booster seven. Um Maybe make you fold down versions or maybe don't need for testing. That's what I'm thinking, Stephen. I think they might not need them for testing, but we'll see in the next, like, I mean, there's road closures. What is it? Road closures, the next, uh, today was canceled. Monday and Tuesday, there's some can some scheduled closures. So get the, um, get Booster 4 on the transport back to the bay, get the fins off, and then, um, 
put then they have to transport the fins back to the launch site or they could probably maybe even do it at, right at the launch site i'm not sure so they might not have the capabilities but we'll see um so yeah we'll we'll see what's up with that we'll see if um if they use those fins or not for the future so booster four ship 20 i'm thinking they're going to put them somewhere as a as a destination you know what i'm saying Debs, thank you so much for that super chat. I appreciate that, man. Bob Brink, what's up? How you doing, buddy? Uh, happy Cappy, how you doing? Looks like they have enough ships to go around. So I say airport and SPI. Yeah, they have a lot of ships at the Rocket Garden. Debs, thank you for the $2 super chat. I appreciate that for sure. That gets me gas money to get down to, um, to uh, what's that place called? Oh, yeah, Starbase. It's 20 miles away from me. So not too far. I get down to Starbase because of your guys all of your help. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for being part of the show for so long and being a supporter of the show for so long. I, I do appreciate you for sure. Now, um, let's see. They could turn it into a walkthrough on its site. Jeff Francis, I agree with that. I think that would be really cool because the Rocket Garden at Kennedy Space Center, like there's rockets that you can, and in Houston too, I believe. I think there's one in Houston. Um yeah, that you can just walk by. I had to think about that for a second, but you can just walk past them, right? And you can get really close. You can get 10 feet away from this gigantic rocket. Uh, Ship 20 Booster 4, the biggest rocket ever assembled. Uh, and that's pretty cool. That's a cool, neat thing to, to do. Or uh, considering SpaceX is going to be building the uh, next lunar lander, uh, Starship Lunar, um, maybe send ship 20 and booster four to NASA for their rocket garden. How cool would that be? That would be really freaking cool. I mean, it's, it's not something that's used, you know, but it is. The show is brought to you by Backblaze. I use Backblaze to back up my podcast, my video files, all of my writing stuff and all my photos. And you get unlimited computer backup for Macs and PCs for just $7 a month. You can back up your own documents, photos, videos, drawings, projects, all of your data and access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using the web app. And you can access the files on your mobile too. iOS, Android apps, all covered. And this is the cool part. This is my favorite part. You can restore it by mail. A hard drive will come to your house with all your data shipped to your door. It could come to your business too. And you can restore return refund program. So you can buy a hard drive restore, send the hard drive back within 30 days, and get a full refund. So basically they ship you this hard drive and then you ship it back and you don't ever pay for it, which is the perfect program for somebody who has huge files and you don't want to waste days and days downloading terabytes and teraflops of data. And if you're worried about accidentally deleting your files, two bucks extra a month, you can increase your retention history to one year. And I use it for all of my video files. It comes in super handy. So $7 plus $2, $9 a month, and you get everything backed up. Ease of mind for up to a year. And if you use the URL backblaze.com slash Elon, you get a fully featured 15 day, no credit card required free trial. Check it out, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Back your stuff up. It's recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and more. And it's recently been listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange under BLZE, so you know they're legit. Backblaze is committed more than ever to bringing easy and affordable data storage that you can trust. Don't be that person that forgot to back up their important files, 
We've got your back. Sign up for a free 15-day trial. No credit card required. Go there, sign up, play with it. It's really powerful and it's really easy to use. So go to backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. Backblaze.com slash Elon. Uh, it would be something that, especially if they if they fi- figure it out in the next two years for the lunar landing, which they will. But if they if they do that and everything looks good, send it off to the rocket garden at NASA. Get people really pumped up about it because NASA's rocket garden, Kennedy Space Center, is like Disney for rocket enthusiasts and people who are just normal people that just want to see big rockets. So seeing something like a starship laying down right next to uh, you know right next to the Apollo program rockets, all the other rockets. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be really cool if it, once it flies, though. I think they have to put that as a disclaimer, or I have to put that as a, as a disclaimer. Once it flies, I think it would be important for SpaceX to do that. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but I think South Padre Island, keep it local here in Brownsville, South Padre Island. Uh, so, Jeff, I think you're right there. Um Stephen Lewis says, should make a moon or Mars version for people to walk through. Oh, so like walk through the whole thing, like open up the nose and have it hollow. Is that what you're saying? Because that would be cool. Like walk straight through it all the way down to the engines. And then like you can have a door at the front and then kind of have a like cut out of like all the stuff that's in there with little uh, labels on it. I think that'd be pretty cool because it's big. I mean, it's it's big enough for people to be in. So it's almost kind of like the ISS, like a, like a mock-up of the ISS. It's like that size. It's huge. Um, <laughs> 420 together would make a wonderful combination restaurant and dispensary passing when nice. Um, they have mock-up shuttle that you can do that. That would be cool, Jeff. Um, once they make, I think once they make the interior of a uh, lunar starship, I think that's going to be really neat. Um, you know, and then people can walk through that. I think that would be really cool. Even a regular starship, uh, maybe the Polaris missions coming up, you know, maybe use that starship uh, as the walkthrough. That's going to be historic. That's going to be, yeah, for spaceflight, that's a huge, huge thing. And I'm just kind of going through this, grinding my gears here, um, trying to figure out all the, the the other things we could do with this thing. Because you could lay it down and decide people could walk through it could leave it as tall as possible and make people in awe of it because they do have vertical rockets at the at the rocket garden at NASA. And I, I think it would be um, pretty neat to, uh, uh, let's see here, loop that guy. I think it would be pretty cool to um, to have it be as large as possible, you know, so, so people can be in awe. So they can do what I do and like lose this hat every once in a while when I look up at it. <laughs> I think that would be pretty neat. Um, J.R. Moore says SpaceX needs more attention. Blue Origin gets attention by, uh, but without uh, SS test flight, SpaceX isn't getting much media love lately. Yeah, it's just us. You know, like it's it's just us hardcore space flight fans that are really pumped about SpaceX and Starbase and stuff like that. So I think having a little bit more attention for the general public would be really neat. And people fly into Brownsville all the time to go to South Padre Island. So I think it would be neat to have, um, I mean, that thing is massive though. I don't know where they'd put it. 
That's the other problem. Where would they put a gigantic rocket that's 400 feet long if they lay it down on its side? 400 feet long. Uh, South, Padre, uh, South Padre Island, I don't think they even have the room for that. 400 feet? I mean, that is big. That's big. And South Padre Island doesn't have enough room for what it already has. I mean, that's pretty packed over there. And real estate over there is kind of, uh, you know, it's very uh, diminishing market. There's not much room for anything. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of its own thing. It's kind of like a paradise. You know, South Padre Island is kind of like a little beach town. You know, you get this beautiful island. You get the beautiful water around you. You get all the sand and the surf and the sun and everything. And then I don't think there's a place to put this rocket, South Padre Island. Um, but maybe, I mean, it's just, it's big. That's all I'm trying to say. It's huge. You need a lot of, uh, you need a lot of space. Uh, 400 feet. That's a little over a football field for us Americans. That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's gigantic. Like the thing is gigantic. It's so massive. And in person, you see how big it actually is because I've seen this thing up close. I've been like at the fence, you know, and I've seen, I've looked up at it and, um, it's just gigantic, man. Like you don't really, I mean, I don't really understand it still. And I've been here for seven months, something like that, six, seven months. And I still don't get it. <laughs> I still don't understand how big this thing is or how they can make something this big and make it a functional rocket. You know what I'm saying? Like it just seems out of, out of like left field. This thing's crazy. Um, but it's, it's huge. A bed and breakfast would be cool, Jeff. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Bob says a tr uh, to trip to Starbase. You put up a day or two ago. It was awesome. You did a great job. Thanks, Bob. Yeah. I did a video, um, it's just like driving from Brownsville, basically put a GoPro in my car and commentated the whole thing from Brownsville, talked for like 30 minutes straight from Brownsville all the way down to SpaceX's Starbase launch site, and then turned around and came back um, to the uh, to the production site. So check that out. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. You can check that video out too. We do these live shows every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, usually at noon. Today was a little bit late. Sorry about that. But um, also live shows from Starbase. I have to get my connectivity issues taken care of for that. But I do get footage from Starbase and continue to do updates like this with footage that I get at Starbase. And also the raw footage I'll post up on the, on the page too. So we're doing, um, you know, we're doing the Starbase stuff. But Artemis is doing some stuff over at Kennedy Space Center. Absolutely insane stuff that they're doing happy cappy thank you so much for the super chat wow twenty dollars i have to run again thanks for the update and great video with the ride to starbase thank you so much happy i really appreciate that man that is uh that's very helpful very helpful everything i get from this show literally everything i get goes directly back into it and um yeah so thanks happy for the uh for the support for the continued support and i'll continue to support uh, <laughs> your obsession with Starbase <laughs> through this channel. I'm obsessed too, so I'm just making a making a little funny about that. But I will I will continue to to do my job over here and get you some more footage and keep you up to date with what's going on down there. Um, so thank you, Happy. Now Artemis program, you guys. I hope you've heard about this. The big orange rocket. Um, Artemis program. SpaceX has their Starship 
NASA has the SLS. You know, we have to uh, we have to kind of cut off to the SLS in a second here because the Artemis program. This thing is on track to launch possibly before Starship. Now, Elon wants to launch a Starship in May. Right now, we have to go through the PEA. Hold on a second. The environmental um, stuff with the FAA for Starbase, just to make sure that SpaceX can launch a Starship from uh, Boca Chica, Texas. Now, they do have some time left, though. Let me show you this. SpaceX can't launch until at least May. So April 29th, I believe, 28th or 29th is the cutoff. But as of today, this is going to be ending the 21st. This one's going to be ending the 21st. This will be ending the 28th. So the Endangered Species Act um, consultation, the 21st, uh, Section 106 review, the 21st, and then environmental assessment will be done on the 28th of April. So we have a few more days left, 27 days left until the environmental review is over. Environmental assessment is done. And Elon wants to launch a Starship, uh, hopefully May, right? Personally, they have a lot of stuff to do. I mean, it's April 1st right now. Booster 7 doesn't have grid fins, doesn't have engines, doesn't have all the internals ready to go. And it's going to take them a while to get that stuff done. So probably the first week will be getting everything in line, you know, moving booster four out, moving ship 20 away, uh, getting all that stuff out of the way, putting together ship uh, booster seven, you know, and then maybe it'll take two weeks for that. I'm not sure. The last time they did engines, they swapped engines. It only took a couple days, you know, so it might, it might take a little bit less time now because they know what they're doing and they're getting their systems properly done. So it may be April, May, uh, you know, April 28th, when they're done, Elon may be like, well, let's get this done. But I've, I know how fast they work down there. I've been there a bunch of times, hundreds of times. And it seems like everything should go faster. You know, like it seems like everything should be okay and like run really smoothly. But you always have to take into consideration if one thing goes wrong, it could hold up production for other things. So there's a possibility that they don't launch the Starship in May. Right. So Artemis could possibly be Starship. So let's take a look at what's going on with Artemis right now. So this is the wet dress rehearsal. And I'm just pulling this information from NASA because um, because it's the best source, basically. Um, launch team is on track to begin the countdown. And this is happening soon, too, by the way. So 5 p.m. Eastern time today, uh, called to the stations. It's going to be happening at NASA at the, uh, at the SLS launch pad. And... They're really concerned about weather. Uh, basically, lightning is what they're going to be concerned about. But right now, they're all go. I think they're what? Let's see where we're at here. Uh, currently predict favorable weather conditions for tanking on April 3rd. So April 3rd in a couple days, uh, NASA will be tanking up the SLS, which is a gigantic, gigantic rocket. Look at this thing. I want to show you guys some of this footage from NASA. Um, this thing is absolutely massive. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. But they're going to be tanking it up on the third. But they have some stuff to do in order to get to that point. And I want to point that out today because um, I think the uh, the information 
that we get is just kind of like sparse with this. So I, I just got to get it out there for you guys, because I think it's important that we know that SLS and also Starship are important. Both are important. One is super expensive. <laughs> the SLS is super expensive. Um, but the also the, um, you know, the. Um, oh, wow. Thank you so much, J.R. Moore. Um, yeah, the SLS is super expensive, but Starship is a thing, too. I got to head out to great content. Have to watch the replay. Thanks for everything. Thank you, JMR. I appreciate that, man. I really, really do. It really means a lot to me when you guys contribute to the show because uh, it takes a lot to do this. Um, so really grateful and happy and appreciative. So let's get back to this SLS thing. Can we? I love this rocket. It's, you know, it's it's a... It's kind of a Franken rocket as well. Old parts, new parts, new systems that kind of look like old systems. But it's also super important because we're going to set up bases on the moon because of this. We're going to possibly get people to Mars because of this. Um, there's going to be so much happening with the SLS in the next, you know, 10 years, 10 plus years, which is going to, it's like a side by side thing, right? So, like, Starship is going to be doing its thing. It's going to be supporting SLS. SLS is going to be supporting Starship. NASA supporting Starship. And SpaceX is supporting NASA. So it's a thing. It's a, com it's a, it's a community thing. They're building this thing together. And it's going to be amazing once it's all done. So the important thing is... SLS is on track right now with this wet dress rehearsal. Uh, they have a 20 weather constraints stipulate. Uh, there must be less than 20% chance lightning within five nautical miles. Like I said before, they were concerned about lightning uh, five nautical miles of the pad during the first hour of tanking. So on the third, that's when tanking begins. Meteorologists are, meteorologists are also predicting a 10% chance of winds greater than 23 knots on April 3rd when tanking begins. Winds must not be above 37.5 knots. That's pretty gnarly. Uh, 37 knots is pretty gnarly. And the temperature cannot be below 41 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they don't have to worry about the Fahrenheit thing because it's Florida. But, you know... You, Weirder things have happened. Uh, set, countdown is set at 5 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern. That's coming up in 20 minutes. By the way, there's a channel. I'm going to link the channel at the end of this video for you guys to watch the tanking and everything. It will take hours. So, um, you know, if you want to sit there and, and watch it and, like, have it on the background, there's no commentary, nothing, no audio. It's just a view of the rocket. It's kind of cool, actually. I was watching it all day today. Um so here's the here's the system um, rundown here, what they're going to be doing. Prior to call the stations, the Orion crew module hatch is closed, so they get it all ready. And basically what a wet dress rehearsal is, if you're not familiar, wet dress rehearsal is basically doing everything you have to do before a launch and just not launching the rocket. So they're doing everything they can. It's basically the last dress rehearsal before a big show, like a big Broadway show, but you just don't go out on stage. That's what this is. The full wet dress rehearsal. The Orion crew module hatch is closed. Uh, it'll be 37.5 hours for launch. Crew access arm is retracted. Leak checks are completed on the Orion spacecraft and the launch abort system is closed. So 5 a.m. This is what's happening today right here. This section right here. This is what we're going to uh, talk about today. Launch team arrives at their stations and the countdown begins. 
L45, 40 minutes and hours. Um, so that's when people get there. They arrive, they hang out, they talk, you know, shake hands, give high fives, be like, yeah, we're going to do this. SLS going up into the air. Going to fly this thing. Not today, not in the next few days. This is a test. They'll fill the water tank for the sound suppression system. L minus 45 hours. So rockets are really loud. And if there's no noise suppression, it's super loud. So the sound suppression system uh, sprays water and uh, all the sound gets dispersed through that water, kind of shakes the water and uh, makes sure that none of that sound kind of penetrates further on because it's a big rocket, lots of power. The Orion spacecraft is powered up start, uh, maybe powered earlier during the test too. So if they see fit, then this thing can happen before uh, this time frame, the L41 hours, um, then they'll do it. They'll power it up early. The SLS core stage is powered up, all internal, all internal, L minus 35 hours. Final preparation for the RS-25 engines. Remember when I said some old and some new RS-25 engines, same uh same type of engine that flew on the space shuttle. Uh, RS-25 engines complete. L-30 hours, 30 minutes. Engines will not be fired during the test. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be bad. If it's a wet dress rehearsal and they fire the engines, abort, abort, abort. Get out of there. Side flame deflectors are moved into place. So basically, instead of uh, all the, the flames going straight down, they deflect it off to the side. It hits the noise suppression system. And it makes it a much more enjoyable experience for the wildlife and for the people nearby. Then some other stuff happens on the third. And then there's, yeah, there's all sorts of, this is a lot of stuff that happened on the third, but this is in a couple days here. Uh, I won't go through the whole thing, but on the third, the first thing that happens, we'll go through the first thing and then we'll go through a few other things down here. Um, SLS uh, interim cryogenic propulsion stage ICPS is powered up. All non-essential personnel, essential personnel, uh, leave the launch complex 39B, L minus 12 hours. Yeah, that would be that's that's when it's go time. April 3rd, 1:40 a.m. 1:40 a.m. This is going to take a long time to do. So 1:40 a.m. And then we're getting it to 11 a.m., 2 p.m. They have shifts, too. So people don't just stay there the whole time. So at about uh, 2.45 p.m., all the way up. So 2.45 is when it starts. Or 2.39, uh, sorry. So um, this one, it gets super exciting. 2.39 on the 3rd. So that's in a few days. What day is that? Sunday? Is that Sunday? Yeah, that's on Sunday. Uh, Sunday the 3rd. So pay attention to that. I'll send you the link after this is all done. Um, and I'll set it up in chat. Uh, but it's really, really cool. So Orion Ascent Pyrotechnics are armed. Cool. Orion set to internal power. T minus six minutes. Core stage LH2. Uh, terminate, replenish. Core stage auxiliary power unit starts. Core stage locks terminate, replenish. So you can be close by too. So you could, if we had a photographer out there, they could actually watch this happening from the beach. And there's a couple other spots out there. If you have a big enough lens, you can actually watch this all happening. And also on that stream that I'm going to show you. Uh, core stage uh, switches to internal power. ICPS enters terminal countdown mode. Uh, terminate, replenish. Ground launch sequencer sends go for automated launch sequence. So there's not a person. So some people are kind of baffled by this. Like, how do they launch a thing? There's no person pushing a button. 
I say that as sort of a, a throwback to the olden days where there weren't computers, where there was a person that pushed a button, like we're ready for lunch, go, go, go. And then somebody literally physically pushes a button that doesn't happen anymore. It's all controlled by computers, internal computer systems, core stage flight computer to automated launch sequencer, T minus 30 seconds, ground launch sequencer, manual cutoff. So they cut off everything, make sure it doesn't fire, make sure it doesn't launch. And then if they get a completely successful test, then Artemis and the SLS will be flying their first mission in the next few months. So this is going to be an impressive thing to happen. If anything goes wrong, they can always terminate the, the tests early and they can walk away and they can figure out what went wrong. And it could take anywhere from hours to days to months to fix the things, right? So we all know how this goes. And it's nothing to do with anything other than engineering. You know, if something goes wrong, they have to they have to step back 100 steps in order to get forward one, usually. That's usually how it goes. It's like step back 10, move forward one, one of those kind of things. It's possible that it could be something easy, a quick fix, but it also could be something that takes them months to fix, months to even figure out. But they should know the systems by now, um, you know, enough that they can kind of figure all this stuff out in a, in a reasonable amount of time because they've been working on this thing for years. So they, uh, you know, they're doing this thing on the third. So Sunday, stay tuned for all the information. And if you can't catch it on Sunday, because it is a long, long process, I'll have an update once it's all done and let you know how it all went and uh, see, see if uh, NASA posts anything for the, uh, the Artemis missions coming up and see if they happen to, uh, post anything about the systems because it's a beautiful rocket. Don't get me wrong. It's classic, you know, like starship is the future, but this is like classic NASA. Like if you look at, if you look at like a 1960s NASA poster, you know, 1970s NASA poster and are like, this is the future, you know, one of those kind of things like in the year 1999, <laughs> NASA will have a moon rocket, you know, like one of those things. And this is this would be that. So uh, it's beautiful. It's a great it's a it's a giant rocket. It's going to send people to the moon and eventually to Mars. And it's going to be great. So web dress rehearsal coming up today in a couple minutes, actually, Eastern time. I think it's yeah, Eastern time is an hour away. So four forty nine now and it is. 10, 11 minutes away. So I'm going to post this right now for you guys. So you can go over there, um, take a look at it, but I'm going to bounce out of here and let you guys uh, go watch that. So here is the link. Uh, thanks everybody. Thanks JR Moore. Thanks. Happy Cappy. Thanks Debs for all of your super chats today. You made my day. Literally. Um, I'm going to be heading down to Starbase. And doing some filming tonight. So I'll get that to you as soon as I can. Um, you help pay for some gas to get down there. So thank you very much for that. And also Artemis stuff coming up on Sunday. I'll do a post right when that happens. Um, maybe it'll be a short. I'm not sure. We'll see. Shorts are okay. You know, like I don't know what you guys think about shorts on YouTube, but I find myself scrolling through them uh, really fast. So we'll see if I do a short or if I do a different sort, like a full full thing. So we'll see. It looks good. Uh, everything looks good for Sunday. So hopefully we get uh, a successful 
um, wet dress rehearsal for Artemis. So thanks, everybody. I appreciate your time. I'm out of here. I do have an ending screen, and this ending screen helps to call out the people. What's up, Betsy Davis? How you doing? What's up, Eric? This is the These are the people that help out the show. These are the people that are members of the channel. Uh, they've joined the crew, and they help out by uh, becoming members and doing a monthly donation to the channel. So thank you so much for that. I pushed that button, and now we're at the ending screen. Thank you, everybody. I will uh, catch you next time on the Space News Pod. Make sure to subscribe. Give this a thumbs up, please. Very helpful. And I will catch you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. See you, Debs.